the CatsCorner.com podcast. CatsCorner.com, your source for sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin states in the west end of Richmond where September has arrived. I feel like at the beginning of the show every week now, I, do, <laughs> I discuss the date and the calendar in a way that um, I, I don't necessarily want to any longer. Um, but th- nonetheless, that is the situation that we have um, at least facing us right now. September uh, means that there will be football. Um, obviously, Virginia was supposed to have played football much sooner than Virginia seems to um, actually going to be playing football. Should be The Cavaliers should be in Georgia on September the 7th. Instead, it's, it appears, at least at this point, like their open date, uh, they'll get an extra one to start the season, and maybe they'll fill in one down the road, which, um, as we alluded to last week, but uh, they'll open on September the 19th against Virginia Tech. That game going to kick off either at 3.30 or 7.30 p.m. and be televised by ABC. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that and a host of other things um, on this here program. Let's go around and get started tonight. Everybody is one Justin Ferber up in Arlington. How's it going, buddy? It's going. Um, we're here one step closer or further away or however you want to look at it. I don't really know anymore. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And before we go any further, I finally got a, a charitable organization back from somebody. Uh, Jeremy, I'll leave his last name out in case he doesn't want me to to say um reached out to me on twitter the other day and, and wanted me to highlight the mission continues or mission continue or whatever I, i'm not exactly sure what the nomenclature is um i'll make sure to, to tweet out what he sent me tomorrow but basically it is an operation that empowers veterans by letting them continue their service by combating food insecurity and as he said that means it has a dual impact which is awesome so i'll make sure to get that information out to people but they're on twitter at mission continue Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Um, Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates. Oh, in-game updates, please come back. Content items and the occasional witty banter. Um, okay, so let's start here with a little bit of a sit rep. So the ACC tweaked its medical, um, I guess, protocols, you could call them. Uh, and as it stands, at least as of now, things are appearing to be going forward um, without a hitch for um, the league, uh, for the SEC, um, and I would imagine for the Big 12. Though I saw a thing today that said that basically the Big 12s, um, I guess it's like Oklahoma State and somebody is going to be a pay-per-view for like $55 that night. And I was like, can you, what game would Virginia have to be in for people to pay $55 to watch it? Um, that's not... I, that was it would have to be like the tech game. It would have to be the tech game, right? Or something. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking of like the people who listen to this podcast. Um, yeah. It's tweet at Ferber. Like Big 12 tweet, rights. Feel free thing. to tweet yeah, at they Ferber. They have a pay-per-view game every year. <laughs> it's weird though. But it's Oklahoma, you know, so they can get that money. Uh, tweet at Ferber and tell him which game, which UVA game you'd be willing to pay $55 to pay-per-view to watch. Well, I'd also like to do the, the reverse of that, which is like, all right, UVA is playing at Wake. Like, what's the number? You know, like <laughs> how much people right. are just like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and sports writers are not included because we 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 have we can write that off, um, write it off. All right, so so but as it stands, like it looks like the Big Ten might be kicking the tires on trying to get this thing going even earlier. I, I feel I feel I feel bad for a lot of people who not not the decision makers of the Big Ten, but a lot of people around that league because man, they they look really bad right now. Like, well, also, like, if you're a fan or a sports writer for somebody in that league, it's like, 
like I mean, all the stuff that came out today, that might not really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Like True. they might continue to not play, <laughs> but people every day it's like getting you. Imagine if like UVA season got canceled, but then like every day somebody was tweeting like it might not be canceled. Like that went for like a month, you know. That would just suck because you just you're not going to get any, especially if you know you're not going to actually get that clarity on it. It just continues to, you can't just you can't just like accept it. You just go you can't go through like the stages of grief. You just have to keep getting the can kicked down the road. Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine if like they said, oh, you're not going to play, and so you you know you you're you've gone through all of the stages of grief and you're trying to work through like. Uh, all right, what's content look like now? Like, I'm just thinking about it from a purely selfish point of view. But even if you're a fan, like, your mind, I mean, the up and downness of it, like, oh, they're going to play. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. There's a chance because the Big Ten, because the presidents didn't really vote. Oh, wait, they did. But maybe they didn't. It's just the whole thing is like. <laughs> now uh, the actual president is getting Yeah, now the involved. actual president is involved somehow. And Clay Travis got him there. And it's just like, wow. Um, that is just, there, there are so many things in that entire paragraph i just said that you just don't want to have happen around your school or your league or whatever um kudos to the acc even if the thing doesn't work kudos yeah, to them for I at think, least you know getting trying to I get the thing it, off the ground at this point at, i mean obviously at this point we're not out of the water by any means we haven't even started the season but i think i feel a lot more comfortable with like what the uh, the three leagues that continued decided to do than i was when they you know didn't cancel with the other two um yeah just because if nothing else nothing has happened since then to make you think like they made a huge mistake um and we're almost to the season now so the only thing that's kind of alarming obviously is that now when students are coming back you're starting to see some of these schools have to take a break um which does not surprise me and then uva could honestly end up in that situation and the fact that they don't play till the 19th might actually be a benefit you know might help them because students are supposed to come back next week who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> See, that's the thing is everybody, like, I mean, it, it's easy to say, like, UVA's handling this great, which they are, but they haven't had any students back yet. So you can't really judge them. You can't compare them to, like, what NC State's dealing with or what some of these other schools, because they're just not in that situation yet. Yeah, I mean, here locally, right? So JMU let everybody come back and then very quickly was like, hey, go ahead. And I saw a thing uh, Bennett tweeted out tonight is basically like, and now, you know, the same time frame, right? And now UVA is about to welcome kids on the grounds. Um, it does seem just sort of inevitable, like that's where it's going. Uh, in terms of sort of where things are, so Virginia is out of quote-unquote training camp right now because technically classes, on, on even though they're online at this point, have started. Um, We're still getting access to players and coaches. Today we, we got to talk to, Lord, I almost said Curtis Grant. Wow. Um to uh, Nick Grant. Yeah, he's still um, not coming to UVA. <laughs> still not. Yep, not that London hasn't pulled that one off yet. Uh, God, can you imagine Curtis Grant in the day of the transfer portal? Man. Um, yeah. But so we got him and Devontae Cross, and one thing they talked about was, um, you know, cross training. You know, Devontae coaches mentioned several times, you know, the idea of the cross training. We're going to come back to that in a minute. I want to start talking a little about the captains, though. Um, I think that was Friday night. Um, UVA announced the four captains would be um, Richard Burney, uh, who has been in college longer um, yeah. than basically anyone I know. Uh, <laughs> Charles, he literally has been at UVA longer than Bronco. Yeah, that's all. true. Um, he, uh, Charles Snowden um, and on the offensive side, Terrell Jana and um, Brennan Armstrong were the captains. Um, I, I think the, the, easier, the easiest question to start in this conversation is, were you surprised by any of the picks? 
Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I think that there were a couple other guys that I would have maybe thought. I'm not saying like I'm shocked that they're not a captain or like that it means something about them. Um, but yeah, I mean, you think about guys like Zandier um, and and other guys that are, are, are veterans. Um, but I mean, I think that the I think the big thing that kind of stands out to me is that Brandon Armstrong got picked. Um, you know, he's a he's a redshirt sophomore obviously in a leadership position, but quarterbacks don't always get that captaincy. Um, I can't remember. I mean, maybe you remember. I don't think Bryce was a captain his junior year. Um, he wasn't. I'm pretty sure it was wasn't. Jordan Ellis and Zacchaeus and Chris Peace, I think, um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, I mean, and I don't remember if Bankert was or not his, his first year at UVA. So, I mean, I think that the fact that the guy has – now, I mean, like three years of four years of eligibility left if he really wanted to push it. Um, you know, that that says something, as, assuming that this year gets played, obviously. Um, I mean, I think that that's a good sign for, for where he is. And the fact that I, I, I guess this we didn't talk about this when we were doing our, our pre-show prep, but I guess he was named the starting quarterback since the last time we recorded, um, which is kind of a big deal. I think that did we talk about that last time? Or no, that was after that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, I think that coupled with the captaincy, it has to be a, a promising sign because I don't think they would just give that to him because he's a starting quarterback. Because we have a history of them not doing that. Yeah, uh, for the record, in 2018, it was uh, Ellis, Zacchaeus, and Peace um, were Virginia's three captains. Right, and then last year it was Mac Perkins and right. uh, whoever getting. Yeah, right. Um, I, I don't think I was surprised at Armstrong. Um, it, it is not necessarily often you see a red shirt, um, sophomore, right. Um, have, have the votes or whatever to, to be there. I think that for a lot of, if you're a Virginia fan, that gives you a lot of confidence, right? You look around the offense, I mean, who else, you know, not to be devil's advocate here, but who else would have made sense? Maybe Dylan Rankinsmeyer. He's been there a long, long time. Um, there's not really another voice other than Jana that seems to make the most sense on the offensive side. So in a lot of ways, Armstrong actually does make the most sense because he's the voice that is, whether you know it's new or old, it's it's out there. Um, I actually really appreciated Bernie getting the nod because man, that dude has been and the first guy to pick a number. Yeah, and the, yeah, good point. I mean, that dude has been around, man. And I mean, I, I made a joke about how long he's been there, but that's in part because he's you know had some really tough breaks. Um, you know, the blood clot situation and. And everything, um, you know, I mean, for a long time, I'm sure he didn't think he would ever play football again. Um, so the fact that he gets this opportunity to to not just come in and have that six year, but to do it in arguably the weirdest situation. And yet it seems like he's making the most of it. Right. I mean, the work he's put in is, is clearly seen by his teammates, um, both in terms of the jersey selection as well as the captaincy. That's such, that's such a good word, dude. Captaincy. I never get to say that. That's that's fun. Anyway. Um, I, I kind of feel like it's interesting to me that they went with four cause they obviously has been, there's precedent for them to go with fewer. Um, but ultimately I, I think the, the leadership on this team because of just the experience level and the, and the amount of dudes who have, who have been in there, Shane Hunter said something when we, um, got to hear from him the other day, he was talking about the, the depth that they have at linebacker, both inside and outside. And he was essentially saying like, look, this is essentially our year five. Right. So we've had four recruiting classes. These are the guys we want. These are the guys that are are sort of fit the, the, the mold that we want to set. Um, and then I think that's true across the board. You look at 
position by position in terms of the makeup of the team, um, you know, this is what they want to be. Um, now in terms of Armstrong getting the nod, um, one, I'd like to take a small victory lap from my prediction in the three, two, one, not long ago. Uh, it wasn't exactly out on him. Uh, I just think that that's, that's, that's good progress, right? So it's good that you're, when your quarterback is a team captain, it's good when he's in a quarterback battle and you're barely through the end of camp. Um, and, and he's already won it. You're not, there's no question for you going into the opener, um, who is doing what and why, uh, I think that's a good sign. Now it's, 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 it's clear to me, it's been clear to me since Bronco mentioned that they were going after Thompson and that literally Armstrong was completely nonplussed, right? Like, um, that dude is, is not going to be like shaken by the competition, right? He's not one of those guys. Now, though, it, it, it does turn. So now there's a leadership component. Obviously, being a captain, there's a lot on his shoulders between now and then and the fact that it is Virginia Tech and it could be a primetime game. Um, you know, he didn't get that offseason work with his re- receivers. He didn't he didn't have spring ball to, to get a lot more seat time. So there's a lot of pressure on that dude. And um, I'm really interested to see what he has to say. I think we get him if it's Friday. Uh, I forget what day we get him. But we get him. we get to talk to him soon. Um, beyond that, the, the last Jersey selection ceremony, if you want to call it that, um, was held, uh, what was that? Sun? Is it sun? Was it Sunday? Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. Um, th- this is the one typically that you, you can gather some, some things from, um, at least to me. Um, because yeah, I mean, it's the one that tells you which freshmen are going to play, exactly. which might not play. Right. Yeah, it, sort of it, it, it kind of does. It does really give you a, a sense of, of, uh, of who is where, right? So of the, uh, of the guys who got their numbers, Donovan Johnson got one, um, Elijah Gaines got one, Milani got one. Um, let's see who else, uh, going through it right now. Um, Davis got one, Starling got one. We need to come back to both. Of Josh Rawlings. Josh Rawlings got one. Um, Carter, uh, Keenan Carter, not Keenan. Wow, that's a there yeah. you go. That's Talk a about pull. him and Curtis Grant are going to be holding down the defense. <laughs> that's a that's, a that's a blast. Um, and so Jameer Carter, yeah, Jameer. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no man, it's a juggernaut. Yeah, his dad juggernaut. calls him a juggernaut. He's not a cyborg. Um, a cyborg is uh, what's the dude's name who called the DC games? Walker. Yeah, Don Walker. Yeah, he would say that about everybody. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Um, so, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot more freshmen. Um, well, I don't know. Do you think, does it feel like that's a lot more freshmen than typical? Um, I mean, I'd have to go and look at the numbers. I think it's about right. I mean, I think that you think about last year, how many guys got numbers, um, that didn't necessarily play a lot, but, or, but they earned them, you know, even guys that like Seneca Millage and, and major Williams who like didn't play right away, um, and aren't on the team anymore. Um, those guys and, and, uh, Dorian Goddard, who, who I think he got hurt, but he didn't play much. And, you know, a lot of other guys that, that just kind of got him, but, but didn't play a whole lot. But I mean, there were some Jairus Satiu, uh, a bunch of guys like that. Um, this year, I think, I mean, I think it'll be pretty similar. You'll see some of these guys compete on special teams. You'll see some of them rotationally, maybe on defense. Um, the one that the thing that kind of got me um and it doesn't it's not a huge shock just based on the numbers but the defensive linemen that that got numbers i mean yeah they always say the closer you are to the ball like where you line up on the field the harder it is to play right away and and you see milani get one 
and Carter get one. I think that's encouraging for the depth because I think that's important right now for them. I mean, you, you lose Eli Handback. Um, you know, there's some other possible people, you know, that won't be with, there with the team. So, I mean, you kind of look at that and you think like, all right, you know, you're going to, you might need some guys to step up. I mean, defensive line depth has been a problem for UVA in the past. Like, you know, just in the military bowl specifically, they had Richard Bernie. That's how he ended up as a defensive lineman. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was a tight end before that. Um, So, I mean like that. And then I would say all the other stuff pretty much made sense. You usually see a lot of DBs get numbers because those are the guys that can kind of come in and contribute on special teams. So seeing guys like Elijah Gaines get got numbers, Donovan Johnson, um, that's another thing. I think all of the enro- early enrollees got numbers because it was Johnson, Rawlings, and Armstead, right? I think, um, and then maybe one other person that I'm forgetting. Those guys all got numbers, so I think that's encouraging. Um, I'd have to go in, and I will when you start talking. I'll go in and look at who hasn't gotten one yet. Ah, but I am already there. Uh-huh. So <laughs> uh, I would say that of the the guys who don't have numbers. Um, like Deshaun Perry, I think doesn't have one yet. Yeah, Deshaun Perry was probably the one. Um, he had one last year, so it's not like he. It's not like he's like not doing something, or yeah. you know, it could be injury related. I don't know. Yeah, Gunley seemed to be um, physically. You know, they've got him listed at what six six two seventy now because they updated the weights. Yeah, and um, his thing. I mean, he even coming in like out of like when they recruited him, he was kind of viewed as a project. Yeah, I mean, even I, though he's physically there. Yeah, I would imagine that it, he'll probably see four games um, this year. Oh, heck, you can play him as many as you want because yeah, matter, and right? that's and that's that's another thing that I meant to say before, like this isn't the only time people can get numbers. I mean, I think, I don't remember if they do four rounds or not, but like, I think that there's going to be some more given out. If you look at how many numbers are left to be given out uh, based on historic, like what they normally do. I mean, by the time they get to the season, normally there's only a few numbers left. Um, and then, you know, you'll get, see like a walk on guy, get one or something like that. And then you see guys play with provisional numbers. Like when another player is hurt, they can use their number or something. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, I think that like if you don't if you see a guy that doesn't have a number that doesn't necessarily mean like you know they're out for the season or, or they're you know not doing what they need to be doing. I mean, there's still time. Um, it's it's funny because if you look at it, one thing that this does tell you too is like who's hurt, right? So clearly, you know, uh, Nathaniel yeah. Beal. Uh, um, I think uh, I don't know if it was Devonte or Nino who mentioned that Chase Chalmers was coming back from his ACL tear. And he was a guy who had a number last year too, right. I believe. So I mean, uh, like that kind of I mean, if you see that kind of stuff, it's like, okay, they've earned it before. Like Yeah. Unless they got in trouble or something, then right. probably there's something going on there. Um right. so yeah, maybe Teeter and Perry are probably the two kids that the non freshmen who I would expect um to get a number. And Jonathan Horton seemed like a guy who could come in and probably play some, but you know, at linebacker, I mean they're in such a good spot that, you know, you probably want to wait and see. Um, I got to be honest, I'm a little surprised that Justin Dunkel hasn't earned a number. Yeah, that was one I noticed when I was going through. Um, uh, he was, you know, backup kicker last year. So, I mean, there's still time again, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. It could, that could be, that could, that could be maybe more about what Delaney is doing. Yeah, I mean, know? that's the other thing too. We haven't, I mean, that's something I want to ask Bronco about on Thursday is sort of where things are with special teams. We haven't gotten in to sort of the depth chart yet. And it does feel like, I mean, typically, um, Monday was was supposed to be the first media day. Uh, my guess is UVA will keep Mondays and we'll do some sort of virtual version of it. Um, I mean, in a in the real like the regular season, I mean UVA was playing. This was game week. Yeah, right. Now. right. I mean, yeah, right. So um, we will. I don't know. We'll wait and see if uh, you know how how things shake out. 
Um, let's see. On my list of things to talk about as well, speaking of talking to, to Nino and to Devontae, one of the things that we, that has been kind of out there is this idea of cross-training, right? So, you know, different teams have had to, to pull rabbits out of hats when, you know, whole position groups have, you know, either somebody's gotten COVID-19 or there's some contact tracing elements um, that essentially knock them out um, for an extended period of time. And one of the questions I got to ask of Shane Hunter is like, hey, there are different teams that are having to, to figure this out. What have you guys done to essentially kind of make sure that you're that if if it does strike your team, that you're not losing whole groups of the same position. Right. It's very different if like, you know, a wide receiver, a cornerback and a defensive lineman are all out like it's 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 bad that you lose three dudes. But theoretically, if you lose those three dudes and those dudes are also like hanging out all the time with guys at their position, you know, that, that can be especially problematic. And Hunter made a good point, like said, essentially that they're, they're not doing two huddles, but they're huddling essentially wider and further away um, than they would normally. And just in an effort to sort of space the guys out. Um, but cross also mentioned today, I, I, I don't know if I actually asked him or it might've been um, Chris um, who asked him directly, you know, Hey, we've heard about some cross training. Are you primarily working at safety? Or are you working some at cornerback? And he got a little cagey, which I very much appreciated. And he said, essentially, look, I play, de- I play defense. That's all I can tell you. I, I play defense. And then when I asked Nino, because um, Grant went second, I was like, hey, so Devontae says he plays defense. Um, can you shed some light on that? He said, no, he plays defensive back. Um, he's not going to be lining up a you know, defensive line. Or but it's clear to me that there are, um, because I think D'Angelo Amos, um, or Amos, I guess I should say, uh, is there, there, there is more depth in the secondary than there has been at least at safety and so it does seem like maybe they're going to do some different stuff in your cross training dreams Ferber um, who do you feel like uh, makes the most sense in positions that maybe they aren't necessarily slotted at as of now yeah I mean I think you could see cross go back and forth Um, I mean he did both last year so I think that one kind of makes sense, even though I think he's more of a safety than a corner. Um, I'm not saying he can't play corner, but I think he's more of a natural. The problem is you have Amos who, you know, you were talking about like they have more depth. Like that dude is not depth. You know, like he's a he's a player. Like he's going to be on the field, I think. Um, other other than that, I mean, I think some of the younger guys, the guys or guys you could maybe see go back and forth a little bit, like Elijah Gaines. I think I think they have him as a safety, but he has the body of a cornerback. Like he could play corner, um, assuming he can do the things he needs to do, um, which a lot of that is like hips and footwork and stuff. Um, I, yeah, I think some of the younger guys. I think that's where I, w- I would start. I mean, as far as like the guys that are already there. Um, I think you have enough at safety. I think you, you probably just need more at corner, right? Yeah, a corner seems to be the spot that, that is getting the most attention. I, I, but I will and say – And they had a lot of injuries there last year too. True, so I mean, yes, and, and that's got to be in the back of everybody's mind, right? It's like you know, you were thin even when you had an All-American there. Now you don't have an All-American there. Um, but think about how differently that would have felt if Darius Bratton had been healthy, right? Um, now – if you think about it, realistically, if Bratton had been healthy, it probably would have been Bratton and Hall for most of the season. Maybe Grant, you know, battles some in there, and maybe they're splitting some time. But realistically, once Hall went down, you would have gotten those two. Now, it's it's definitely like a you know an excuse me a um, Schrodinger's cat situation, right? So like, you can't say oh, if Hall was was hurt, but Bratton was healthy, it would have been them because you can't say they wouldn't gotten hurt anywhere else. Da 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 da. All things being equal, though. It does make a lot of sense to me that they're they're looking for 
you know, inside linebackers play some outside safeties who can play some corner, uh, probably some corners who can play some safety. Um, it makes the most sense to me that, that a lot of the attention is on corner because of that injury history there. And because, you know, Bratton hasn't been back yet, right? Who, who's the next guy up? Is Baker ready to get significant reps? Is, um, you know, what's that depth situation, you know, realistically like? Um, we know with Brent Nelson and his versatility, he's likely to be the, the nickel back when they go nickel, which helps uh, in a lot of ways. But that doesn't fix your kind of experience um, deficit, so to speak, right? Because, I mean, we think of Bratton as being a guy who's been the, he's been the next man up for, it feels like, forever, right? Uh, he's, right. I mean, it, it, it's, it's hard to say, but, like, it was two years ago that he was battling Tim Harris in camp. Um, it's kind of it's not funny but it's kind of like a it's it's ironic that you mentioned that because like tim harris was that guy before you know like the guy poor guy just kept every time it was his time he got hurt so i mean Braden kind of like took over for him and then he you know got hurt so hopefully it doesn't become a recurring thing but you're right i mean he's played but he hasn't played as much as people may think you know if you look at it like snap counts and stuff like that you know he didn't he wasn't a starter for an entire season or anything yeah, and so it's not like it's not like there's oh well you know um, there's all this experience you know Bratton I think is a is a heck he has a lot of potential, but he's high on potential and low on experience and so it's going to be up to him to sort of um, to prove that um, now Grant I think one of the one of the best things with Grant honestly I was I think you were just about to go there but one of the best things that probably happened to him was that he had to deal with Hall's injury last year right so like exactly. He, because I was going to say, like, well, it's hard to go from the number two guy to a number one guy. Because, like, in the NFL, there's enough good receivers that number two, three, four guys can really burn you. At college, not every team has that many guys um, that, that are capable of, like, really breaking a game. But, I mean, Nick Grant had to play the second half of the season against some really quality receivers as the number one cornerback. You think about, like, playing Clemson, playing Virginia Tech, who had two good receivers last year in the back half of the season. North Carolina, I mean, they certainly had their way with UVA um, through the air. Georgia Tech gave him some problems. So, I mean, I think that that experience will definitely help him this year. And the other thing about Grant is, you know, he did start out at safety. So, there is some, some natural cross-train there. Um, Cross mentioned that, um, you know, Grant playing, you know, field corner is the toughest position on the field next to quarterback. Um, and I kind of feel like if you're going to have a guy who had to get seat time for you to have, you know, going into the season, you'd want it to be the field corner, right? You want him to have as much experience as possible. My The whispers from earlier in camp were that the cornerbacks were okay. That seems to have gotten better in maybe the last week and a half to two. Um, I, I'm not sure what's changed or what's been tweaked, but it certainly does feel like there's a lot less uh, anxiety about that position. Um, now, that could be because Grant's playing better or that, you know, Bratton's playing better. I don't, ha- I don't have that specific. I just know that generally that's been the vibe I've gotten. Um but it does make me – it is interesting because we've seen Cross – Cross is like – I mean, he. I feel bad for the dude in a lot of ways, right? Like, I mean, my man has not been consistently at one position like basically his whole career, right? He was a quarterback, and then he was a receiver, and then he was a DB, and then he was a receiver, then he was a cornerback, and then he was I a safety. I legit forgot he was a receiver. Yeah, I mean, there was a period of time where he was actually pulling double – but both, going both ways in the same game. Yeah. Um, you know, he was – at least one depth chart, he was in multiple positions. Um, on both sides of the ball. Um, but anyway, that kid, I think, he, you know, he said that he said today, like, look, I had a great offseason, um, you know, preparing for this. Um, you know, he, he was in Charlottesville pretty much the whole time, it sounded like, uh, working out with Bryce Hall and a bunch of other guys. 
throughout quarantine and, and um, he's gotten some he's gotten some I don't want to like overhype it but he I've seen him like can, like talked about as a potential draft player you know this right. year right. which kind of surprised me because I was like man Devontae Cross because like, he kind of is an afterthought when you think about guys like Blunt and Hall and Grant and some of the other yeah, and then when I went back and rewatched the season over the summer he flashed a lot more than I remembered mm. um I kind of think that if there's a guy, a a guy we haven't talked about who can play a variety of of ways, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, um, I don't think it'd be Cypress. I think maybe Chalmers can actually play a little corner. Um, I kind of feel like maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea. Now I might, uh, I might be just completely wrong on that, but it does seem like they need to have another guy a younger guy. I mean, Elijah Gaines seems to be the one that makes the most sense because coming out of high school, that's kind of where they were looking at him. And certainly, you know, early reports from camp were that this group of freshmen is actually, you know, in a really good spot. Um, but man, and I, a lot of times he's like the corner safety thing, especially is not really nailed down. Like, you know, where you're going to, I mean, there's some guys that are, that are definitely more, you know, like better fits at one spot or the other, but I don't think there's a lot of guys that come in like a Quinn Blanding, for example, that are like, he's a safety. He's not a corner like that. Those guys aren't as common as guys that could potentially do either one of the That's other. True. I mean, Bryce true. Hall was one. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody was like, this guy's a, a nailed down corner. Like, you know, <laughs> until he started playing the position. Yeah, true. Um, my, next on my list was transfers. Speaking of, um, you know, what's not on your list. Or excuse me, what's what nobody had nailed down. Um, so there's been a rash of walk-ons who have decided to leave the program uh, in the last maybe week or two, and I kind of want to get into what we think might be at the root of that. Like what what is driving that? Now I haven't seen. Uh, I mean, I don't follow other programs as closely, obviously, as I do Virginia's because nobody pays me for that. But it doesn't seem like there's like a rash of you know walk-ons transferring everywhere. Um, but in the last few days, a handful of them have at UVA. So I'm curious for what do we think? What do we think the the reasoning is behind that? Like what's what's going into guys who have decided this late in the game that they want to go ahead and transfer now? Yeah, that's that's kind of what's odd to me. I mean, I'm not really surprised that guys. I mean, there's going to be movement across the board in college basketball and college, or college football and college sports in general for the next probably year or two, just based on everything that's happened in in the country over the last few months. Like, I'm not totally surprised that a walk-on that's never going to play wouldn't want to, like, go out and try to seek an opportunity. You see it. I mean, we've seen it with football players leaving to go to other smaller programs. We've seen ba- – I mean, even UVA basketball had Justice Bartley, I believe it was, that went to, I think, Monmouth or one of those schools to play. Um, he was a walk-on at UVA. So um, one of those guys. I can't remember which one it was. Um, so, I mean, you, you kind of – it makes sense. It depends on what their goals are and everything. And, and obviously if they feel like they're not going to get to play, then, then you could, if, if that's what they're prioritizing, then you can kind of see that. And my question would be, I mean, I don't think we're necessarily re- like dealing with all the information because I doubt that all these guys are just like fed up and picked this random, like right before the season time to, to make the call. It might have something to do with like having to decide before school starts, um, or at least on campus school. Um, you know, to decide whether they want to continue or, or try to go somewhere else. Right. But to be honest with you, I mean, UVA has a pretty good amount of depth 
with their walk-ons. So I think losing a few here and there is not like the end of the world. And and walk-ons don't typically play a ton at UVA compared to some other schools. Um, not to say that they don't ever play, but I mean, outside of a few guys here and there, outside of special teams in particular, I mean, how many of those guys have actually participated in games that were uh, like in the balance, like the game was in the balance, not just, you know, at the end of games. So I can only think of a few over the last few years. So, I mean, I wouldn't get too caught up in it. it. It hasn't cost UVA anybody on the two deep except for Jamari Peacock, who I believe, you know, he was going to be in a role where he wasn't going to get the ball. So, I mean, you can kind of understand where he would, where he would want to do that. And he graduated. And that's another thing. Some of these guys, if they graduated, then, then it kind of makes sense. Maybe move on and try to use that extra year of eligibility if there's a spring season and, and play you know, for an FCS team and then get another year next year to kind of finish out your career. I, I guess it makes sense. The timing is a little odd, um, but I don't think it's necessarily some sort of harbinger of bad things to come or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, that will definitely not be the title of this week's episode. Um, all right. I mean, like, if you want to compare it to the situation that happened in Blacksburg last year, yeah, I don't think the situations yeah. are the same at no, all. No, they're not. Right. So let's let's take a step back. You you mentioned basketball, and actually, it's it's interesting that you did that because I actually was going to do that. So it's actually fairly common, at least in recent years, for a basketball player who was a walk on to decide to transfer somewhere else to go and try to earn a scholarship or to try to go play. Right. Um, and in but, basketball, a lot of times those guys had offers. Exactly. Like, exactly. They were they were recruited walk ons. That's not always the case in football, though. That certainly does happen. I think that there's the, the the reality here is that the NCAA pausing everybody's clock is going to have unintended, unforeseen both consequences and benefits to a lot of players that we didn't see coming beforehand. Right. So if we I think that's that's what it is. We don't understand everybody's individual situation. Right. And this weird one off thing is what's exactly. making these decisions weird. Exactly. Right? Because nobody has there's no precedent for it. Right. There's no like, oh, so when the NCAA pauses yeah. everybody's clocks, well, then walk ons transfer because then they think, oh, I can go somewhere, try to get a scholarship, um, you know, try to get somewhere where because it look at UVA. If you're a walk on, it's fairly obvious that until you work your way into the two deep, there's no chance for a scholarship for you. Right. They're not just going to give you a scholarship because you go out there and bust your butt. Right. You can go out there and bust your butt. And until you are in the conversation for playing time, you know, as Cohen King or Hayden Mitchell are right now. Like, I think after. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hayden Mitchell's the one that really kind of stood out to me as like he plays. Right. Exactly. He has played. Yeah. And he's made catches. (laughs) When those two when those two got their scholarships the other day, I can imagine that the other guys who were walk ons were like, yeah, okay. You know, like if you're a running and back those right conversations now, conversations are probably happening. I mean, it's not like they're just walking into the office and saying, I'm leaving, you know, without them having a conversation about like, are you, can I ever play here? You know, like, or am I just like a, a useful practice, you know, piece basically. Yeah. And I mean, here's the other thing, dude, like these kids, the, these kids, it's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money. Um, when you're a walk on that you have to put up, I, I can totally understand you like, Hey, let me transfer. Let me go somewhere else. Let me find a place where, you know, I can try to earn a scholarship. If nothing else, at least I'll play, you know, I'm paying all this money. I at least want to, ha- you know, want to, want to be able to, to see the field. Um, I think too, you know, if we're being honest, like the transfer portal has changed the idea of transfers. Like, I don't think when they first started talking about the portal, I don't think I ever envisioned that transfers would be walk-ons. Like I, I, it makes sense, but I didn't think about it then. 
you know? And so even in, in the case of And that's like, part of the conversation too, is like, I think a lot of this kind of stuff happened in the past and just was never reported Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like there was a... Because the kids now can announce it themselves on Twitter. Right, exactly. Like, EBA's not going to put out a release and be like, Justin Zolar. Yeah, you just program. would show up to, you would just show up and the guy, and the kid wouldn't be there, right? Um, there was no or warehouse. Or you wouldn't even notice that he wouldn't, he wouldn't be there. Exactly. Right? There, would, there's no, there was no like warehouse or clearinghouse for all the names to go through with media people who see them. Because they're connected to folks at schools, you know what I mean. Like there was no, there was. I mean, none of if that. like, if like one of the walk-on wide receivers that's on the team now like wasn't there when you showed up for a practice, I bet you you wouldn't notice. Like you know, there's a hundred and some guys out there. Um, I think the other thing too, dude, is like, in the big scheme of things, like you mentioned the tech situation last year. There have been a lot of teams who have had a lot of guys opt out or transfer or whatever. Um, and this is no shade to anybody who has left, but um, as of now, I don't think anybody who has made a decision to transfer um, is anywhere near the impact that those five opt-outs are going to have. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a tech fan, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast 37 minutes in, but if you're a tech fan trying to make uh, apples out of these oranges, okay, feel free, but uh, it's just not the same thing. I, I do think, though, this kind of goes into some previous conversations we've had on the show, like, the the NCAA pause in the clock it does change a lot of calculus for in a lot of different ways. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, as I've told you and, and Dave before, if we see somebody try to transfer from one of these fall schools to one of those spring schools. Um, I mean, and that's another thing too is like you if you're like a walk on or a scholarship player and you're entering the portal like normally I mean players do enter the portal at this time like Keyshawn or Keaton Thompson did it last year and then went back to Mississippi. He ended up staying. He, like, withdrew from the portal. But, I mean, so, like, let's say you're Tony Poljohn and you're at Central Michigan and you put yourself in the portal now, UVA is probably not going to be able to take you. Like, I mean, maybe they could, but now it's, like, with so much movement and teams not playing, like, you could be recruited right now out of the portal in a way that you wouldn't normally on September 1st. Yep. And I think, too, like, there, it kind of depends on what the market, you know, like, no, I don't mean to make it sound like it's commodities, but in a way it sort of is. Like, what's the, what, who's in there? Who's, who's still in the portal right now? Um, you know, what options do you have? Uh, transfers are also, too, like, Virginia has actually been really benefited, you know, from, um, you know, from guys coming in. Um, you look at the depth chart that we will get whenever, whenever game week arrives. Um, they're going to be a lot of dudes on that depth chart who were not at that school last year. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, if you want to look at the transfer portal, I mean, UVA did lose some guys earlier in the, in the summer, but, uh, or in the spring or whatever. Yeah. But, but even those I mean, UVA, UVA, UVA is coming out ahead with oh, how they for sure through the transfer. For portal. Sure. You know, the running back situation as it is, because, you know, at the time the word was Lamont and PK were just giving up football. They were going to be students. Um, PK has since announced that he would be transferring that could be one where it's like, hey, I wanted to get into a grad program, um, and now I, I don't have to pay for that extra year. You know, now I can go somewhere play football, and I, you know what I mean. Like that's, you know, to your point earlier, we and can't he could know. play if he if he can find a school where he can play in the spring, and that's kind of what I was trying to say with the walk-ons. If you can, like, let's say the MAC is going to play in the spring, like they're able to pull it off, right? Like he could go to Akron, yep, and play in the spring, and then play again next year. You know, he'd get because it doesn't this year won't count, so. So in the big scheme of things, you're you're right that like Virginia's kind of come out ahead. Um, the running back situation is is murky, especially because you know we still at this point have not gotten the official word on Ronnie Walker's um, 
appeal to his waiver. Um, I mean, if I'm reading tea leaves, I'm I'm still worried about it. But um, I, I know. I mean, I would people, just assume I would just assume he's not playing until we hear otherwise. Yeah. Right? I mean, it is kind of interesting that he's still getting first team reps, but at the same time, like they just don't have a lot of dudes, and that might be a way for that's them to I keep was guys gonna, healthy. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say because I kind of did the same thing where I was reading into it and saying like, oh, they expect him to play because look at all these pictures he's in, you know, from camp. But then I was like, well, who else is going to get those reps? Because there's nobody else to get them. Exactly. So. And it might be a way for you to protect, you know, your your other running backs is, you know. Yeah, you can't you, have Wayne Talapapa and Shane Simpson get every carry in practice. It's just not practical. Um, it's one of those things to me. I don't want to say this. Um, it, it's one of those things to me where you think about Sam Hauser, right? Sam Hauser couldn't play last year. But do you think that Tony Bennett wasn't using him as often as possible? Right. He was using him. Maybe not. They weren't running like action. They weren't practicing like, hey, when we go to to Chestnut Hill tonight, you know, we're going to we're going to get Joey um, or excuse me, Sam coming off of the screen. Right. Like it was more of like, hey, let's let's try to make ourselves better by playing against really good players. Yeah. Um, And you can use him as like a practice squad type situation where it's like (laughs) Sam Hauser is whoever right you know? and so you can kind of <laughs> do the same thing with ronnie the, walker right guy, like you yeah. you want you want the uh you want the defense to see a good running back and you want to you know you want the your offensive line to get good running reps you know and you don't want to put your running backs in a um in a tight spot you know it makes sense um and also if they haven't gotten an answer yet i mean nobody really knows until you get the answer so i mean they could just be like well we got it we can't just not yeah, until like, until it's you're not gonna have him sit on the sideline and then find out he can play my suspicion is they know and we're going to know when Bronco talks to us on Thursday. And if I had, if I was a betting man, I'd say it's, it's a no. Cause I, I, I understand there are some people out there who think like it's been, it's been approved, but they're trying to be cagey about it. Look, you don't get, if you weren't, if you're going to put the head coach out there, it's going to get asked about, there's no reason to be cagey. You would have announced it and been really excited about it. Um, at least that's my opinion. So if, if well, UVA, especially since you already had to announce that he wasn't eligible, Oh God! There's like a, a fire out here outside. <laughs> it, I'm in Arlington, by the way, Brian. In case you forgot, I, I didn't. I um, said I said it correctly at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Glad to know you were paying you attention. It. You got it. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Like I think you know they already had to say that he wasn't eligible. But again, even that, like part of it is just the way UVA like handles you know their the media stuff, and I don't blame them. They're Broncos, not like just tweeting everything the minute it happens. You know, you have to ask him for stuff. <laughs> so. I mean, you saw what happened with, like, the Mike Holland situation, right? Like, you know, we kind of knew he wasn't there, but somebody had to ask him <laughs> so that he would say because they weren't going to say. So, I mean, we'll find out soon enough. It's Even if he is eligible, he's a new player, and, and, and you know, we'll talk about it when we get into our predictions next week. But you have to expect an acclimation period. Um, not every – you know, I would say you, – you can maybe disagree. I think – I don't think you will, though. I I'd say like half of the transfers that you get work out the way you envision, right? So if you take Ronnie Walker, Shane Simpson, Rayshon Henry, Tony Poljohn, Keaton Thompson, Amos, all these guys that came over, I'd say like half of them are going to live up to what you hoped for. And then the other half will either just not be good fits or they'll get hurt or whatever. It's just the way it is. I mean, you look at what they brought in at wide receiver last year. Dejon Brissett had an injury plague career and missed half the season or so with an injury at UVA and had like two catches. And then Terrell Chapman started out pretty good, but he ended up with like 10 catches on the season. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how like, so, I mean, you can have all these high hopes and be like, look at all these things, but there's, 
I mean, like this year, I think might be a little different because I think there's going to be, I think a guy like Amos would not normally be available to you in the portal, but because of COVID he is right. Ronnie Walker is a guy that's coming back home. He might not have normally been available to you, but he is guys like Brissett and Chapman and other guys. They brought it to you think Charlie Hopkins. If you want to go back a few years at tight end guys like that. I mean, it, it's like a crapshoot, really. I mean, I'm not saying that these guys aren't going to pan out, but I think if you're just a planning to like plug in Henry and get 90 catches and plug in Simpson and get a bunch of rushing yards and like, it just doesn't work like that for any team. Yeah. Um, not everybody's Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. I was thinking as you said, Oh God, there's a fire. Um, <laughs> like that's actually an interesting title. There's a fire. Um, let's, let's, let's get us out of here on this. Um, I kind of think that, in football, transfers who typically tra- grad transfers, there is there's absolute boom or bust, right? There is just really no middle ground. You're not going to have like a dude who came in and he was a whatever. But that's another thing about this year, right? Like if you don't have a handful of the conditions on the ground, you don't get Paul Jan. Uh, excuse me, Paul Jan. Okay, for Pol the record, Jan, yeah. it's Paul Jan. My bad. Um, that's another thing with transfers is you have to learn their names and it's just like a whole thing. Yeah. So you don't get the two JMU kids. You don't get Simpson. You don't get Henry. Like, um, you know, there's, there's just, there was so much uncertainty going into this year, right? That without that uncertainty, you probably don't get any of those dudes. Um, and, if and you think I will about, say like for the record, after everything I just said, almost all of the dudes that they brought in this year are more qualified than like the two guys I was talking about from last year. Yeah. Trapman had like 10 career catches at ASU and, and Brissett like barely played last year or the year before. Like he played like two games before he got hurt. So, um, so yeah, what I was going to say is last, last thing on this, but because this year was different, you're going to see Virginia's offense is going to be markedly better because of what they're going to have at tight end because they, they got a running back, you know, who, who you know, it, let's assume Walker doesn't play. That, that Simpson can play. Henry has been a revelation at wide receiver. And given the fact that you're probably not going to have the sort of running game that maybe you had hoped it just, bec- just from a number standpoint, right? Like if you have Walker, Talapop and Simpson, that's a nice group that you can make some hay with. We also know UVA doesn't like to play a bunch of running backs anyway. Um, I was kind of hoping this would be the season where they sort of went against that norm and actually gave guys consistent carries. Um, but it looks like you're going to be, you know, really leaning on the wide receivers. And now you've got, Henry, a kid who who can do a lot, and Simpson, who's very versatile. So, I mean, if you think about it, transfers are going to make make a big dent in um, you know in what happens for that offense. Um, even if at the same time, you know, Alex Gebelstedt is you know a little bit further down the two deep maybe than we would have thought at the time of his his commitment. So, I mean, the transfer thing is you, you can't live which kind of could but be it a certainly good can thing help because you know they're not necessarily you know if if he was like their starting left tackle, you can read that as good you know he must have been what they hoped but you could also read it as they don't have other options you know that they like so yeah I mean it kind of cuts both ways but I think you're right about that um I think that's a good place to um to put a pin in it uh you got anything else for the good of the order no I guess we got to start looking at this schedule and trying to figure <laughs> out what the, what the record we, we have to start pretending like it's actually going to happen uh, yeah I mean somebody put me on the spot last week and was like what do you think the record's going to be like win loss record I was like oh my god I haven't even thought about it <laughs> you know like, but I haven't even like, you, looked wait, through the weeks so. before I can't I can't not I can't have just me and you on a show oh sorry Dave was busy because his kids have uh school tomorrow 
Um, I, he, sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to just pretend like we didn't, uh, like Dave was just off the show. Sorry. Dave, Dave will be back next week for the prediction show. I was um, going to, he'll be back next week. Yeah. To UVA to go nine and one. Yep. 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 Um, we already know what his, uh, his first game of the season pick will be. Anyway, I can't have you. I like how we make fun of him for being the doom and gloom guy. And then the season prediction thing comes around and he's not. No, <laughs> here's the thing though. Here's what's funny is that we make fun of him for being the doom and gloom guy. And then the season prediction comes around and he and I are always like just out to lunch. I mean, we are always nuts on those things and you're the, you're the reasonable one. We really don't have a doom and gloom guys. We have two ridiculous per- people and we have, yeah, you I, mean, who's like, I, was the, I was the low man last year and I think I picked UVA to go nine and three. So like it wasn't like I was like way out on a limb like five and seven or something. Yeah. So. Um, but knows? no, I can't have you on the show by just us and not talk to you about TV for the tech game because you're my you're my guy. <laughs> you're my dude. Okay. Uh, now I had a friend of mine ask me uh, the other day like, hey, what do you what do you think about the tech game? It's it's not gonna be a night, right? And I was like, no, no, the night is definitely on the whatever. I looked at the schedule. I'm like, actually, it's even more on the on the there's no other because there's like no other good game. Um, and I was like, you know, the rivalry game to start off the season. It's weird. There's no fans. I could totally see ESPN saying like, hey, put that on ABC at night. And sure enough, the de- the you know, we'll wait for the the the, the six day hold for the for the opener is 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 fun. Um, if you had to bet, would you say Louisville um, goes on um, at night, or would you? Was it Louisville and Miami? Is that who it is? Yeah. Um... If I had to like just gun to my head pick one, I'd probably pick that Miami game, but I wouldn't feel good about it at all. I think, I mean, I think a lot of UVA fans have seen like on Twitter kind of writing that off as like, ah, it'll be Miami Louisville at night. I would not necessarily go that far. Um, I would say it's closer to a 50 50 than, than what a lot of people are giving it credit for, just because I think like if you're looking at it from like a marketing standpoint, um, I mean, again, like you mentioned, there's no other games to put on. It's, it has to be one of those two. Neither of those games is like, oh man, like people are gonna be like planning their evenings around. Um, but if you it's UVA Tech, neither team has played. Um, you know, they, they've they've there's a history of going to Blacksburg at night for games for ABC. Um, so you could play up, which would be like the weirdest entertainment of all time <laughs> in front of no one. Um, if they did it, I'm assuming they would. Um, and and then you know, on the other hand, you have Miami Louisville, two programs that are maybe a little bit more nationally you know, relevant, but I wouldn't say like way more nationally relevant at this point. Um, and you get the rivalry element. I think it's possible. Another thing too, is that they're waiting until Miami and Louisville play their openers. So if one of them looks terrible or loses, <laughs> I think the odds of UVA getting that night game go up. Um, uh, I mean, personally, I prefer the night game as well because you get, um, just, this is a little inside baseball, but I mean, like with that night game, you get more cameras, more angles, better. You have, Herb Street and Fowler on the call. Um, well, this is going to be, dude, this is going to be. The, so, I mean, and UVA doesn't get those games like ever. Sure. So, I mean, this would be their opportunity to get it. And here's the other thing. This is going to be the season to, I mean, if you're going to be in a game where you're going to have more cameras than not, I mean, this is the one because those cameras are not going to be able to watch people in the stands. I mean, they're what? They're going to be a thousand people there. Right. And also they'll have more angles this year. I think I've seen it in hockey, like with the bubble, because they can put cameras where seats normally where seats are. Exactly. Yeah. So you can get different see... angles. You can get like sky cam. Angles and look, they're going to do everything get. they can to get eyeballs. And that that first I mean, I granted it for UVA and tech. It's the first weekend. But man, they're going to do everything they can. Um, I guess. Yeah. Now, if Miami was playing, um, I don't know. Tulane. Like, uh, uh, 
I'm not, no, well, no, I'm saying like no offense to no offense to Louisville, but I think like if it was Miami and Virginia Tech or something, or Miami and Notre Dame, I'd have no doubt that that game would get picked. Um, I just don't know if like there's a lot of hype around Louisville to the to the extent to where they would be like, oh, let's put this game between two sort of like random non-rival teams on over a rivalry and they know that UVA and, and and tech have played two good games lately. It's a pretty close rivalry. Both teams, you know, coming off of pretty good years. Um, you might not have as many like name faces, but I mean, the Miami and Louisville have like a lot of name people that like, there's not a lot of guys on those teams that na- like are nationally relevant besides like De'Aaron King, who's kind of an unknown. So I think, the fact that they're waiting to see what Miami and Louisville do, that's why I would pick them if I had to choose because they could say, like, hey, if they both look good, we'll go there. Um, but, I mean, I, I I don't think that it's a given. I think it's very possible. And it, and this is what I said earlier. Like, either way, it's a win for UVA because even if it's a 330 slot, you're getting a national TV slot with not much else on. I mean, like, the other the, – the CBS, there's no there's no SEC game on at C, on CBS at 3.30. It's, it's, they're playing, like, Army against BYU or something at that time. There's really not much else on ESPN. Um, so I think you would – I mean, that would be a good, you know, nationally relevant slot too. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of think of it in the sense of um, – if you're if you're them, there's no downside, right, to waiting because then you get a chance to at least see somebody. Yeah, because right? if like De'Aaron King comes out and is Joe Burrow, then it's like, then it's okay, like, yeah, we're, like we should probably go do that game. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But if if neither one of those teams really you know set the world on fire, um, I, I do think that you know Tech UVA is a little bit more compelling now that UVA's broken the streak and won the Coastal and went to the That's Orange what Bowl I mean. There's stuff. some like, stuff that they can talk about. It's not yeah, just exactly. like it's it not just UVA, like if it was UVA against a team that's rel- like equivalent to Tech in skill but not them. So like I don't know, Wake. Yeah, I, was I mean say, Wake, if it was Wake's like UVA Wake Forest. Like, yeah, like Wake's not as good as Tech probably this year, but like Wake of last year or, you know, UVA against a a Paul Johnson Georgia Tech team or something like that game, I would be like, yeah, they're not getting the slot. For but sure. the fact that it's a rivalry, and and you know that I'm not saying like there's some conspiracy or anything, but they love to do the Tech games with the with the Enter Sandman, and and I think they would make a big deal about them doing it with nobody, nobody there. Nobody there, they could, exactly. They could yes. play that up almost. Yes, like, exactly. Like, oh, here's the most weird, you know, the weirdest Enter Sandman you've ever seen, and like they have 1,900 cameras on it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, for the folks who are listening to this show, it's going to be just so much fun. Uh, to, to watch. And also, I mean, like, I know that people, people have been asking me, like, I, I don't, anything can happen between now and the next time we record. But I, I believe last I saw, they are planning on going to campuses for game day with no fans allowed. So I guess you would just set up in the stadium or something. So nobody can come. Right. Um, so, I mean, that if that game gets the night game, then they'll probably get game day. Um, Whichever game gets a night game, I would expect to get game day. So, yeah. Mm. And UVA's never participated home or away in a game. <laughs> Look at you just dropping this little little nugget yeah. here at the end. So, I mean, Look like, that could, be a, that could be something. I mean, you know, you're opening this. What a weird – I mean, imagine telling – we, we do this all the time, but imagine telling February Brad that, like, UVA w- – w- considering the schedule had already been put yeah, out, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, nope, UVA is going to open the season two weeks after Labor Day against Tech in Blacksburg in an empty stadium at night on college game day. 
You'd be like, what? <laughs> like what, in, what reality is this? What, yeah, what has and, happened and, to the world? And nothing has really changed with the roster. Like, yeah, yeah like nothing yeah. weird has happened or anything. It's just a, it's just a pandemic. It's, yeah, because uh, yeah, what did that, that was what, February, I mean, excuse me, January 22nd when the schedule came out? Yeah, it usually comes out like a, a week or two after the championship game. So, 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 you know, a month later and you told me like, no, no, that whole schedule, scrap it. Yeah. One, one game from that schedule is going to be right. One whole game from that schedule. The Louisville game is still going to be on the same day. That's yeah. it. And that's just like pure coincidence, probably. Yeah, like, it is. That probably didn't have anything. It is. I'm sure it is. Um, but yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I think it's like a 50-50. And we still, well, you still have to wait two weeks to find out, you know, because they have to go through those September 12th games. You know what it feels like? You know what it feels like? It feels like we've gotten to the airport too early. And we just need, we want to get on the flight. We want to make sure the flight is on time. You know, we've gotten through security. We're just waiting at the gate. But there's another flight that has to go off before us, right? And we want we we want our plane to get there yeah, on that time. Fl- and that flight could that flight that, could derail the entire. That airport. flight could get canceled, or that flight could get delayed, and then it, maybe we have to change uh, gates. Maybe maybe our plane. We might have to. We might be stuck at the airport till exactly. Spring. We might you know we might be stuck here until 2022. Who knows? Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a great way to put it. I think like you know it, we. It feels like we've arrived at the we're season stuck now, at the airport, <laughs> but it's like nothing is we're going to be in a holding pattern as like people that cover and follow UVA. We're going to be in a holding pattern for longer than I mean, because there's games this weekend. I mean, no, no power five games, but there are games um, central Arkansas already played and they're going to play again this week. Um, and then, you know, next week there's going to be ACC games that we can watch, but it's like, all right, you know, it's like you, you just kind of have to sit around and wait your turn, which is not normally how it goes when the season starts because everybody kind of opens at the same time. But, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be – it feels crazy to think that the season's still almost three weeks away, even though it feels like we're there now, you know? Yeah. Like I said, we're stuck at the airport. Um We've been making this joke in recent weeks, right? Like optimism is down six. Optimism's making a run. I mean, I, I feel, and I feel, I know, look, if I say this and then everything gets canceled in 20 minutes, it's not my fault. Okay, I didn't jinx it. That's not real. Um, but I did just knock on wood. Um, I kind of feel like it's going to happen. I, I feel pretty comfortable at this point. Yeah, I feel, like we're close I feel enough. pretty confident that the, the season will not be outright canceled yeah, between it now could and, be, and the start. Could, could certainly be stopped at some point, but as of right yeah, now. It could, be, it could be stopped before UVA plays, for sure. But, I mean, like I think as of right now, if you said, like, will the ACC openers on – like, Miami opens the season at home on the 10th, Thursday. So, next Thursday um, against UAB. Do you think that game gets played? Yes, right? I mean – Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. I mean, individual schools could have problems that messed them up, just like you saw in baseball, where, like, you know, the Marlins had to stop playing for a week or the Cardinals had to stop playing for a week, and then other games get canceled because those games get canceled. Um, but it, right now it's like uh, optimism's, optimism is still down, like, three, but they just got an onside kickback. Uh, see, so. I like I like the basketball analogies, even though we're talking football, because they're easier oh, okay. to because there's so much that has to happen for. But basketball, it seems like, OK, you just need a couple plays, you know, like, yeah, all right, so you're, Richardson just came in for optimism. <laughs> wow. So you're too, down too soon. <laughs> you're, yeah, so you're down three. Let's say let's say optimism is is cut is cut it to three with a minute and ten to go. Uh, and the other team just turned it over. Yeah. And they just called timeout and they just called timeout. And one of their and one of their best players is fouled out. Let's just mm-hmm. yeah. so you, you're not Clay, ahead yet. Clay Travis is running the running the huddle <laughs> on the other. You're not side. ahead yet, but man, there there's a real good chance that you know what you just got to put two you got to get two good possessions, 
you know, your your offense is scoring well. You're you're in a groove. If you believe in momentum, you've got it. Um, if you don't believe in momentum, then I guess I don't know what to say to you. Um, so yes, I would say optimism is is in a, is in a really good spot. But we're not calling we're not calling the podcast out this week. Um, yeah, okay. We we just went like an extra fifteen minutes. We'll see. After we'll see I what said. happens. Yeah, we'll see what we're talking about next week. It could <laughs> yeah. be a completely different game. That's true. Uh, if you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that they have podcasts. We should be there. And if we're not, let me know because um, I want to make sure that that gets fixed. Let's see. If you are so inclined, give us a rating review. Help us to get us out in front of more people. And we definitely appreciate that. If you're somebody who's found the pod but has not given us a look at the website yet, check us out. CapsCorner.com. Let's see. Right now, I got mentioned that story about uh, Shane Hunter. Um, I did a story on Nick Jackson the other day. Um who I feel like is probably going to be a captain before it's all said and done. Uh, Ferber's film room series is winding down. So he's got, he's got uh, one up on the site now looking at how UVA's offense uses pre-snap motion. I always love the ones where it's like, here's a compilation of all these random plays and they all like fit together in some way. I, I really do appreciate those. Um, There's a method to the madness, but sometimes how? they fit better than others. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, I mean, I really want to find a way to work this one in cause it's a cool play, but I have a bunch of trick plays too that oh, nice. I like if, if we get bored I can just be like roll these out. <laughs> you mean if the season gets canceled? Um, but the thing is, but the thing is too, it's hard to do that one because it's like they don't really, they don't always like. There's no payoff, like you said, they're not all linked. It's like, oh, here's a random play where they just did it once and never came back to it. Yeah, you know, and it didn't even really work. It just, it just happened. You know, one of my, this is completely an aside, and we we don't normally do that in the outro, but um, one of my hopes is that uva does allow media folks to be there and i'm i don't know if, how comfortable you are to go but after you've watched that you you've gone back and you know catalogs so many plays i am really bummed that we won't get like a normal sort of press box you know situation where we can sit next to each other and you can just be like spitting yeah. fire the priest that well the priest that motion one would be the one that would probably help me the most because i picked up on it like in the first game of the season i was like man i know they do this a lot but like they really like set up a lot of their pass plays off of this yeah and um, it's just it, it's like you know the defenses aren't going to react to everything you do you know so yeah. it, it makes sense to do that you know just get three on twos get get you know put everybody on one side of the field and see what happens on the other side you know stuff like that it's just basic schematics and it works really well yeah all right meanwhile back at where i was trying to land the show um so yes ferber's almost done he's got one more coming um for the for this it'll be the 12th and final um i just want to give a public shout out to him for coming up with his idea and doing legitimately the most legwork that we've ever had for any series that we've ever done um so yeah congrats to, to you on a job well done and um, if we can do it during the season, and I don't see why we won't be able to, we will do it. Yeah. So yeah. hey, Weekly. there you go. An announcement on the podcast. Uh, lastly, I did have some video of uh, Ricky Brunfeld talking about Poljan, the tight end vision, what he has for that position, kind of recruiting it, and that kind of thing. So check that out as well. <sighs> okay, I think that's it. Um, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Ferber for giving graciously of his time, as always. I very much appreciate it. Um, and hopefully we'll have Dave back next week so we can do a prediction podcast for a season that, you know, may or may not still happen. Who knows? So for Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.